We'll continue just to mind the Lord and follow his leadership for the service. We had all intention, and even at 8 o'clock we preached a continuance of our series on marriage. But we'll, again, be tender to what the Lord desires. And I believe with all my heart that maybe there is someone here today, and this service is just for you. Take your Bible and turn to Psalm 23. Thank you to those who are already participating, bringing their pictures of their spouse, your anniversary picture or a wedding day picture, writing your name and anniversary date on the back. Uh, please continue to do that. I'm looking forward to seeing how many we can get, and uh, it'll be worth the effort, this, I promise. But please bring those in the next couple of weeks, and uh, again, we'll mind the Lord today, but we'll be right back in our marriage series next Lord's Day, Lord willing. Psalm 23 is a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you've ever read Psalm 23 before or studied it, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Most of us have. If you're new to the Word of God, if you've just uh, been born again recently, if you're a babe in Christ, as the Word says, then this may be new to you. And there are so many different applications here. Um, but I, I believe, again, with all of my heart, if someone here today needs to know this and hear this truth, go now with me to the first verse of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. Let the church say amen. amen. Now, Lord, we've studied, we've prayed, we've prepared. And God, now we lean into your desire for this service. Lord, not for one moment will I pretend to understand or know your ways. But Lord, today I will be tender and I will be humble. And I will follow you exactly to where you've pointed. Lord, I pray for the one here today. Lord, that needs to hear the truth of your word. Lord, for the one who is operating their life in the shadow of darkness, Lord, I pray that today you would speak to them. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. God, our heart is to tackle, to assault depression and anxiety. God, through your word, it is our great privilege today with confidence and authority to wield the sword that is sharper than any other two-edged instrument and sever the chains of pain and hurt and sadness and grief. Lord, this message, God, that you've given us, it's evident that you want to speak to your children. And Lord, I pray there be one here today who is on the fringe, on the outside, one that is not in the fold. I pray that today, through your love, through your grace and your mercy, that you would reveal yourself as the great shepherd to that person. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen and amen. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He leadeth, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. In verse number four, it talks about where a lot of people are living their lives. Safe people, godly people, hungry people, people who have been faithful to serve in the church, people who have been faithful to believe the word of God, people who have been faithful to lead their families, people who desire to be obedient to the leadership of the shepherd, to follow him, to do as he pleases, to do as he wants, to listen to the voice of the shepherd. There are a lot of people here, and that's who you are. If you're saved and on your way to heaven this morning, and you're not ashamed, say amen. 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 That's most of us that are here, and I praise the Lord for that. Uh, realize though that even people who listen to the voice of the shepherd and who follow the leadership of the shepherd and go the direction that the shepherd is leading them to go can even find themselves in places like verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There is a lot that happens in life that does not make sense. There's a lot that happens in the lives of believers that sometimes we feel like, God, are you really in control? Lord, are you really in charge of the situation? I've been faithful. I've done what you've told me to do. I've listened to the voice or or I've listened for the voice and it seems impossible to follow where you're going with this. And and Lord, I want to be right and I want to be clean and I want to leave my family. But Lord, I find myself today in the shadow of darkness In the shadow of despair, I'm confused, I'm confounded, I don't know which way to turn, I don't know which way to go, I don't know how to help my wife, I don't know how to help my husband, I don't know what to say to my children anymore, I don't know how to respond to the evil and the wickedness that's all around me, and yes, Lord, your child, your sheep, your little lamb, who's trying his or her best to follow you, finds themselves in a place of darkness known as a shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. I was on a flight recently, and I love an airplane seat with a window. Can I get a witness for the window people in the house? If you do not fly, and you are yet to take your first flight, aviation is a wonderful thing, but I wish they'd have put windows all the way around. I wish the whole thing was glass so you could see clearly. I like knowing what's happening. I like being in control. If the wing fell off, I don't want to not know about it. I want to know about it. And I want to be able to see. I love sitting in a window seat. And you say, well, don't you allow Miranda to have the window seat often? No, I really don't. And I'm sure that maybe she would like the window seat, but she'll have to fly with somebody else. But I opened up the shade on the window and Flying into Western North Carolina, I love aviation. I love airplanes. I love altitude and elevation and understanding the speed. I love understanding clearly the scientific explanation for turbulence. I like knowing what it is. If I didn't understand, I probably would be terrified. And sometimes I understand and I'm still terrified of what's happening to that airplane at 30,000 feet. Uh, But I opened up the shade of my window on a recent flight. And and I looked outside, and Pastor Allen, there were a lot of clouds around, but we had come to a place where it was pretty clear and pretty open, and we're getting ready to start our initial descent into Asheville. And and look at this picture on the screen. There was one cloud that was kind of hanging out in this 
area. And really, the cloud wasn't that big from my perspective, but what it was casting down below, I'm at about 19,000 feet, give or take, and I can see perfectly what this cloud has done. The cloud is overshadowing the light. There's a shadow being cast because the sun is shining and it's blocking the light from getting to the area that we can see. And it's an obvious place that you can see. You can tell the places where the shadow exists. You can see clearly that there is a difference in what people who are in the shadow are experiencing uh, than the people who are not inside the shadow. And the truth is, God used this quick image that I caught with my phone to speak to my heart and to be able to speak to a family who was bereaved, a family who was hurting, a family who had just lost a loved one. And I talked about the realities of living inside of the shadow, the realities of living in a place that you do not want to be. Because the reality is if you live long enough on this earth, you're going to go through a situation, you're going to go through a circumstance, you're going to go through a problem, and it is going to feel different than what you remember when you were not in the valley of the shadow of death. It does not have to mean that you've lost a loved one recently. To be in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, it could be that you have a son or that you have a daughter who is out in sin and they're breaking your heart. And all of the consequences of their lifestyle and of their choices, it's got you in a dark place of loneliness and despair and doubt. And now you're playing back their whole life in your head, wondering how you could have done it different, wondering what you should have said different. Should I have allowed that or not allowed this? And the devil's beating your brains out and it has nothing to do with the death, but you feel like already you are mourning the death of what could have been and you're finding yourself as a parent in the shadow. Or maybe you're a grandparent and you've tried your best to be faithful to your family and you thought that your children would live a particular way and that your grandchildren would follow in suit and your your children are suffering and your grandchildren are suffering and you feel like, what have I done? What did I not say? What did I not do? Should I have been more stern? Should I have given more grace? And you're in a place that feels dark. You love your country and you're taking in everything that's happening in your country. You're watching things fall apart literally at the seams. You love America. You served in the Army. You served in the Marines. You served in the Air Force. You gave a good portion of your adult life, sacrificing time away from your family. Some of you were wounded in combat, and you come back home, and now 15 years later, 20 years later, America seems to be some hopeless, dark uh, pit of despair. It doesn't have the same attitude. It doesn't even look the same. It doesn't smell the same. Everything is changing. And if you're not careful, you'll allow the circumstance of what you thought you were fighting for fading away put you in a dark hole and you're in the shadow and some people are in the shadow and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. Your wife knows because of the tone and the way your voice has changed. Your co-workers notice it because you're no longer uh, that happy-go-lucky, just a a fantastic person to be around and and you're mean all the time and you're grumpy and and you're short with people and you got a temper all of a sudden. And the truth is you don't even know what's wrong. And, And what it is is that you're living in the shadow. The circumstance you're trying to hide from everyone is actually showing its ugly head, but it's showing its ugly head in you. And if you're not careful, your pride... Your pride will keep you from admitting to God and to yourself that you're in a place 
like the valley of the shadow of death. There's three things I want to talk to you about living in the shadow. Living in the shadow. If you go to John 17, we were going to be there today. There was a verse in John 17 where Jesus is praying for the church. He is praying for his bride. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. And as he's talking to the Father about us, John 17 is a prayer that Jesus prayed. But as he's talking to the Father about us, he tells the Father, he asks the Father, Father, do not take them out of the world, but keep them from evil. God's expectation is for us to be faithful, to live our lives, to be faithful to who he is and to what he is, even when times are hard and even when times are tough. God's expectation is for us to live in that. Our prayer does not have to be God take me out of this situation. Our prayer needs to be, God, teach me something while I'm in this season. The first thing I want you to see is that in the shadow, you can have the promise of his presence. The promise of his presence. If you belong to the family of God, if you're a sheep, if you will, in his flock and you are following his leadership, you're following his voice, you're trying your dead level best to be faithful to be who and what God wants you to be, then you can be guaranteed of this, that even in the shadow, even in the dark place, even in the despair, that you can be guaranteed of his presence. Look what the Bible says in verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. It's possessive. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. It's an action. You're following him. You're going after him. You're pursuing him every day. And no matter where that takes you, you can follow God and be and be uh, really sold out to the idea that you belong to him and still find yourself at a dialysis center. You can be faithful to the Lord. You can follow the voice of the shepherd and still wind up having cancer. You can be faithful to God and follow his will for your life, listening to the voice and still find yourself in a place that you thought you would never be. But the good news is that even while you're in the shadow, put that picture back up on the screen. Even when you're living in the shadow there, when you're living in the shadow, there is still the promise for, listen, the child of God, the lamb, the sheep that belongs to the fold, that his presence is still there. Just because you're in the shadow does not mean that God is not there. But when you're in the shadow, it's so hard to feel the presence, to hear the voice, and to know that God is close. Because what we do is we look at the circumstance, and we look at the shadow, and we say there's no way God can be within a hundred miles of this place. There's no way all this pain and all this heartache, there's no way that God could be involved in this when really he's right there. And in the shadow and in the problem and in the pressure, in the storm, his presence, he is close. And for a lot of people, you just shouted your head off. You raised a hand, you cried a tear, you praised God. And it almost, listen to me now, It'll almost become cliche to say that his presence is close when you're living in the shadow. That's easy to say when you're not living in the shadow. When you're not living in that dark place. It's easy for other people who are not there to say, yeah, I get it. God's close. He's near. But when you're there, it's hard to tell that he's close. It's hard to tell that he's near. That's why David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. I had to hold on to the principles of God's word and not how I feel. Because if you operate 
evaluate your life as a Christian based on how you feel. You will feel yourself all the way to a place you were not supposed to be. You keep listening, you keep looking, and you go off, listen, you go off the last instruction given to you by the shepherd. I can't hear him. I can't see him. I can't feel him. What do I do? You go off the last thing that he told you to do. And that was to be faithful, to go make disciples, to believe, to trust him. You go to his word. And in the shadow, even of the circumstance that you're in, you can be absolutely certain as a child of God that his presence is there. Secondly, you can rest assured in the promise of provision. The promise of provision. Not only is there his presence, but church, because of who Jesus is and what Jesus is, because of how much he loves his lambs, his sheep, his herd, his church, we can be absolutely certain that he will provide. He is a God of provision. You see, he mentions the rod and the staff. Uh, the staff is for you. The staff is to comfort you, to correct you, to lead you away from the cliff that's getting ready to end your life. And the rod is there to protect you from predators. It's what Jesus prayed in John 17 to the Father. Father, I have kept them in your name while I've been here on this earth. But Father, now I pray that you would keep them from all evil. Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. It was the prayer that Jesus prayed over you before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And even when you're in the shadow, the dark place... Even when you're in the darkest situation and circumstance of your life, not only will he be there with you in the shadow, but you can be rest absolutely certain in the fact that he will provide for you. There is comfort. There is comfort in the office work of the Holy Ghost. Jesus ascended to heaven, but what came just a few days later is what we're desperate for even today. And that's the comforter that has come. And even when you're in the darkness, and it may be at three o'clock in the morning, you've woke up and it's hit you again, the problem, the pressure, the pain, the darkness, the disappointment, the depression, the anxiety. It's 3 a.m. and nobody else is up. And your heart's breaking and you don't even know what to say. Rest absolutely sure, be absolutely certain that in his presence and in his provision, he will be there for you even when you feel him. When you can't feel him, he is still there and he is still providing for you. And it could be that you're not seeing things clearly. He may be using your moment of shadow experience, your valley of the shadow of death, and he may be using it for his glory. Go to the Gospels. Look at the storm that the disciples had to go through on the ship. They went through a terrible storm. And they thought it was going to end their lives. God, why are we having to go through this storm? The waves are going to overtake us. The boat's going to fall apart. And they get to the other side nice and safe and sound. And Jesus steps in and he intervenes. But the truth was that there were other little ships on the Sea of Galilee. And those other little ships were watching how the ship carrying the master would react. And it could be, child of God, that He trusts you. Listen to me now. That He trusts you enough to be in the shadow. 
Because He is going to teach the greatest lesson of grace and mercy and sustainment. It'll be the greatest witness to your family that they have ever seen as God takes you through the shadow that the other little ships that are watching you, they watch you be faithful. They watch you hold on to what you know and not what you feel. And on the other side, when it's over and when it's all done, and praise God, you're out of the valley or you're out of the shadow back in the light, that you can look back and see that God was present, that God did provide, and that the greatest lesson that could ever be taught in your life has been taught and that God did it for His glory. There's provision. Verse number 6 says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's not an excerpt that, that takes out the shadow area. There's not an excerpt that takes out the valley of the shadow. The grace and the mercy is following you all the way to the lowest point of the valley. Grace and mercy. You can't get away from it. You go that way, it will follow you. You go this way, it will follow you. And in the shadow, in the pain, there is His presence, there is provision. And praise God, it's more than just bread and water. It's grace and mercy. Some of you have gone to funeral homes and you didn't know how you were even going to get out of the car. Your heart was breaking. And and somehow you got out and you went in there and you laid hands on a body that you loved. It's no longer there. They're gone. They're in heaven. You're left here and you're in the shadow. And what you did not realize is what was already waiting for you in the car before you left the house, what was already at the funeral home waiting for you before you got there was grace and mercy. Grace that is greater than anything we are, any sin we've ever sinned, and mercy to get you through the day. Mercy that will sustain you. Number one, His presence is in the shadow. Number two, His provision is in the shadow. And then lastly, this is the best news. There's the promise of passing through. The promise of passing through. Christians, say amen. Amen. Christians, understand, remember now, this is not your home. Don't forget it. This isn't it. This isn't all that's designed for us. This isn't all that's available for us. There is coming a different day in a different land with a different reality, with a different perspective. And in that different land with a different reality and a different perspective, there are no pains. There are no problems. There are no issues. There is no cancer, there is no sickness, there is no medicine, there is no CVS, there is no hospital, there is no CAT scans, IVs. There's nothing there other than the bliss and the glory of God forever and forever. And when you're in the shadow, sometimes you forget that he said you were coming through the shadow. Put that picture back up on the screen one more time, guys. Thank you all for helping me. Notice something. If you're in the shadow... It's hard to tell if you're in the shadow that there's any other existence than what you're experiencing. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of acres. And if you're right smack dab in the middle of your journey going through the shadow, all you can see left and all you can see right is more shadow. 
But if you'll pay close attention, what is on the outside of the shadow? What is surrounding the shadow? Light. Light. And someday, sometimes, Christians who are in the valley of the shadow need to do what I did and got on that plane. It go to about 19,500 feet and get you a different perspective on what you're really experiencing. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley. Through the valley. That means to start over here and come through on the other side. The good news is you don't have to stay in the valley. The good news is you don't have to stay in the shadow. And may I ask again, what's on the other side of the valley? What's on the other side of the shadow? It's not more shadow. It's not more darkness. There's nothing but light. This is the representation of your life on this earth as a vapor. It's quick. It's fast. You go through it and then it's over. All that will matter is what you've done in the shadow. And for those who believe... Those who believe the shadow will be over. No more valleys. No more goodbyes. No more caskets in front of this pulpit. No more heartaches and pains. No more depression. No more anxiety. It'll all be over. Because he said you'll go through. You'll be home. Home safe. But until you go through, and either Jesus comes back for his bride or death that comes for us all comes for you, you can absolutely rest assured of His presence, of His provision. And be absolutely certain that this too shall pass. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. But God wrecked an entire service just for you. For the pastor to have to ask his secretary to go to the study to get a message he preached at a funeral, but to preach for you today and put all the hours of study and preparation for a marriage series in the back. God knew what you needed today. And I don't know who you are, but here's some good news. God does. And you may be going through the darkest, most painful place of your life. And God changed the whole service just to tell you that it's going to be okay. Don't you give up. Don't you stop doing what God's called you to do and believing what God's put in His Word. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The invitation today is going to be so simple. It's going to be so simple. If you're here today and you feel like you're living in the shadow, going through a tough place in your life, would you be man enough, woman enough? Nobody's looking around. This is nobody's business, but mine, yours, and God's. Would you just be man enough, woman enough to raise your hand? Pastor, I'm going through a tough place. I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with anxiety. My God in heaven, hands all over the building. Hands all over the building. Hands all over the building. God bless you in the back. God bless you in the middle. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, ma'am. Hands all over. Well, here's the good news. You can come 
You can get in this altar and you can just do what David did. All David did is recalled the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, how God had brought him through before. He remembered just how faithful God was. And if you raised your hand, would you come now? Nobody's looking. Nobody's going to make a spectacle. But if you raised your hand, you're in a shadow. You're in a place. You're in a, a hard place. Would you just come? Would you by faith just come? Would you just come? There were hundreds of hands. Would you just come? Deacons, would you come help me in the altar? Just patrol. Bring your Bible with you. There may be somebody really broken. Need some prayer help. Do you know how to pray? You come and pray for these that need help. They're living in the shadow. I promise you this. You live long enough and you'll find yourself in that place. And you'll want somebody to help you pray. So today, that's our desire. That we would ask the Lord. We'd help carry the burden of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That we'd ask God to touch their hearts. Brother Arthur, you sing. We'll pray for our friends, our family that needs the Lord. You pray with them. Lord, to the best of our ability, we've tried to be obedient today. And God, we thank you for who you are, for what you are, our ever-present help in a time of need. And Lord, today we just lean into everything that you are. You love us. You care for us. You give us exactly what we need when we need it. And Lord, now I pray for the church family. I pray for those that came whose hearts are in a different place for the ones who are in a difficult circumstances God for the one who is depressed the one who's anxious God the one who doesn't know where to go or where to turn Lord I pray that you just minister to them today give them what they need Lord we pray today for Pastor Ralph and Brother Colby as they minister in South Carolina God, we pray that you touch them, keep them safe on the road. Lord, for all of our friends, our evangelist people that are preaching all over America today, touch them. We pray for those pastors that are in a tough place that we prayed for Wednesday night. Lord, you know the circumstances of each and every one of them. Touch them. Lord, be with our campus, 
all the activities, the ministries that we have this week. Keep us faithful. Keep us tender. Keep us humble. And God, keep us ever in the presence, in the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We're not going to rush anybody. If you need to keep praying, you keep praying. We'll ask the Lord to touch you. What a special day to be in God's house. Can I have your attention for about 30 seconds? Would you do me a huge, huge favor? Would you consider praying about inviting someone to come to church? with you on Wednesday. I would love to see everyone that's here on Sunday be back for what Wednesday is here at Trinity Baptist Church. Obviously our big schedule change that we made just a few months ago, it puts such an emphasis on our Wednesdays for our children, our teenagers, for our young at heart that has become our heritage keepers, all of those ministries. There's something for you all day long it doesn't matter where you work or what you do. You come as you are. We'll feed dinner at 5 o'clock. We'll have supper together. And then at 6.30, we will have our ministries wide open, Bible study in here. But do not miss an opportunity to bring someone with you, feed them supper, and bring them to God's house on Wednesday. I know there's so much packed in schedules and families and activities and all that entails. But if we'll be faithful, if we'll do our best to be here on Wednesday, God will bless it. He'll honor it. And I don't want you to miss out on what the Lord has for you. Well, good morning. God bless you. Be safe. There's still some praying. We'll dismiss very quietly, very, very uh, reverently. There's some people getting some real help today. And I believe that was what the Lord wanted to do. So if you can, just quietly stand and make your way to the exit. God bless you. Go get your children. We'll just keep Miss Angie playing for a few minutes and allow these to pray.